I'll give you a full episode to talk about your Disney princesses. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Good call. Why do you say Cuban? Well, let me tell you why. That's what the Bible is. <laughs> you ever heard of that book called the Justin, it's great to see you again. Um, it's feel like feels like it's been a little while. Really, me too, y'all. Really, really excited to be jumping into Genesis seven. We are already to Genesis seven. I'm I'm worried Man. that we're working through the Bible too fast, right? Now. <laughs> like I want to savor this a little bit more. You know, it tastes so good. It's like yeah. it's like juicy frozen blueberries. Just biting into one and like just wanting to savor that. That's actually what's in my mouth right now. <laughs> okay, but this nice. is even better. <laughs> this is even better. Um, Genesis 7. Let's get right in. I don't want to delay this any longer. And yeah. Let's do it. So we're going to be digging into Genesis 7. I'm going to read this first paragraph. That's okay with you. We are in the Naspa tonight. So <laughs> the flood. Verse 7. Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean, two, a male and his female, also of the birds of the sky by sevens male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Man, so um, right there, kind of one of the interesting things here uh, that I see in this first paragraph is about he's God commanded Noah to take sevens of every clean animal and only uh, the twos of every unclean animal. Yep. And so, um, you know, the from my understanding, the taking of the sevens of the clean animals was for the purposes of, as we're going to see, that Noah offered um, sacrifices after the um, after he was got out of the ark, mm-hmm. and so the obstacle would be that if you only took two of every kind of animal, you know you would you would make that species go extinct mm-hmm. if you you sacrificed only from the the pairs. Mm-hmm. So if he took the extra the sevens of every clean, then he would have plenty for for sacrifices uh, in the beginning of that you know stage after the right after the ark. Can I ask a quick question? So they wouldn't be making sacrifices of the unclean animals, which is why they would only need two. Correct, because like as we see um, just later on when we get the Mosaic Law, right, and the tabernacle and the temple system, right, there were certain animals that you made sacrifices of. And so like pigs, for example, were not an un- were an unclean animal. Mm-hmm. A, Jew, a Jew would have never sacrificed a pig. Um, and that's actually one of the things uh, in the book of Daniel 
it talks about um, the, you know, the, the, the abomination desecration or whatever mm-hmm. um, that's project or that's predicted for the future. And so uh, Antiochus Epiphanes actually during the um, 400 years of silence was actually one of those who came in and he sacrificed a pig in the Jewish temple to Zeus as just part of being a re- very rebellious, dis- disrespectful act. So, um, yeah, so that would be a terrible idea for them. Gotcha. So yeah. not only do does God ask Noah to take seven of all the clean animals, but also of the birds as well, the birds of the sky. And so I guess birds were also seen as clean and would also be made as sacrifices at the time of at the at the time that which God uh, commanded them to. Sure, and that's what we see, um, you know, later on in the Bible is that um, there were different sacrifices. There were different animals, maybe for different, uh, based on what someone could afford. And so um, I think the lowest, I don't know if it was pigeons or doves or I forgot what an, what bird it was. But, but yeah, so birds were used uh, as part of the sacrificial system as well. Mm. Okay. And then I also see here that there was rain for a number of days. Um, And that rain, which God says that he is going to send, I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, a lot of rain. That is a lot of rain. Um, That is a lot of, lot of rain. For the purposes of blotting out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made, Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Yeah, and with that, the the theory, um, you had talked last time about this theory that there was an extra layer of water, uh, you know, upper in the atmosphere. And that that theory would fit well as to where all that water uh, came from. Agreed. Because there isn't enough, um, based on what you know, science tells us, right? There's not enough water to actually rain, or and right now there's not enough water up there to rain over the whole Earth for a whole month, or I mean, over a month, right? That that's a lot of water. Agreed. And you know, why would God want to blot out from the from the face of the land every living thing that He had made? that's going back to the previous chapter right and you also see it up here where the lord said to noah for you alone i have seen to be righteous i have seen to be righteous before me in this time so god is clearly saying you're the only one righteous in this case and i think that is very telling of how the, the what the state of the world was really in during that time so it sounds like yeah. if there would have been someone else righteous, God would have thrown him in the ark too. So Yeah, and also I think this is one of those things that points to um, the seriousness of sin, right? So, you know, God is holy and he's separate from, from people uh, because of their sinfulness, because of our sinfulness. And then also our sinfulness deserves judgment, right? So God... And I think that sometimes there's confusion by some people about 
um, you know, God has a uh, multiple aspects to who he is. Mm. And so sometimes we just want to focus on the love. And obviously love is a huge component of who God is. And that's why Christ came and died for our sins. And, and that's why we experience God's mercy and grace every day for for all sorts of blessings. Right. And so that's there. But you you can't have love uh, without a, a justice or a righteousness you know as well right um, and so it, it's just um we see that look the world has already been judged in its entirety once and so it's gonna happen again right i mean that's what a couple books a couple different books of the bible teach us if this is he already did it once he's gonna do it again um, because sin is a serious issue very serious and i definitely enjoy when god gives us a little bit of a heads up you know before yeah. he uh gives us the absolute smackdown which is what the people of the world got here um i suspect god gave everybody a, a nice little heads up it doesn't necessarily say that here but if you look at other examples in the old testament God is sending people to say, hey, what y'all are doing is not right. And so, you know, whenever you get a little bit of a warning, it's nice to get that warning so that you can then correct your ways. But at some point, if you never correct your ways, you know, God's going to ultimately bring some, some serious judgment down. Let's move on to paragraph two. Do you mind reading that? Yes, I got it right here. Verse 6, now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and birds and every, everything that creeps on the ground. There went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God ha had commanded Noah. It came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth and the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month on the seventh day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were opened. The rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. So starting off, we see that Noah was 600 years old when the flood water came. Yep. So he's he's a little bit up there in years, you know. I don't know what a 600-year-old man looked like back then. Uh, but I'm guessing he wasn't a spring chicken. So basically we got Noah, Noah's wife, Noah's sons and their wives going into the ark. And we see remembrance of what um, Noah was bringing with regards to the animals here, clean and unclean animals. And they went into the ark by twos. So whenever I see going to the ark by twos, I just imagine two by two kind of walking up a ramp into an ark. Yeah. Um, any thoughts that you have? Yeah, one of the problems that I've heard is when people are talking about how, you know, a lot of Genesis is an allegory or these different things. And, um, you know, this, th th that's 
you know, we have addressed this in a uh, previously how we take the Bible literally. And so this is a historical document. And like allegories, to my knowledge, don't have things like now Noah was 600 years old or like it gives these dates. Right. And then it talks about the month and then it talks about the 600th year of Noah's life and the second month on the 17th day. Like that's not what that's not how allegories are written. Right. You know, the, but Moses was writing this as history. He gave these uh, historical markers, right? And so we just need to remember that. We need to remember that um, when you start doing, when you start buying into that mindset that, you know, certain Bible stories aren't literal and things like that. Obviously, Jesus gave parables that were story, that were, were made up stories to, to illustrate a, a point and a biblical principle. But the the stories in the bible the the history here is, is is literal history and so we need to remember that so that we don't get into trouble um i would agree completely it seems very odd that if this was all just a a, a fun story for people to read as an example to not sin for and not to not to sin then why would it be so specific why would it specifically mention in multiple places the age of people and the, the, the exact time in someone's life in which you'll see the family going into the ark, right? You see in the yeah. 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month. That's very specific wording yeah and then i think we get some getting something really interesting here kind of to go back what you were talking about in the uh previous paragraph with regards to um on the same day all the fountains of the great deep burst opened mm -hmm. all the fountains of the great deep so un, you know that's the great deep being really under and the floodgates of the sky were opened yeah so i think that the god used both <clears throat> water so like you know today we have like un underground rivers right there's water underground and so i believe that god used both the water underground uh as well as the the water in the sky to just oh you know saturate the earth right to flood it so which would be pretty destructive oh yes <laughs> i mean yes Talk about changing landscapes. Um, you know, yeah. you see, uh, you see some of these different natural disasters that occur in different parts of the world: hurricanes, floods. You know, here in Houston, we have hurricanes, and it completely demolishes houses and other types of landscapes. And so, you could definitely see a situation in which, if water's coming below and above an environment on land could change pretty rapidly when you go back to the garden of eden and people are searching where is that garden of eden where is that tree of life where is that those flaming swords protecting the garden where was that originally i want to know where that is well that's gone yo that's a challenge because i mean especially you mentioned the tigris and the euphrates Mm -hmm. Well, if you have this complete destruction of the entire planet, 
through water coming up and below, that's going to change the, the natural flow of waters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an, I mean, it says, you know, later on, you know, and I don't want to jump ahead, but it says later on it reaches to the very tops above the tops of the mountains. And so that's a lot of water. Yeah, it actually goes like a 20 feet uh, or over 20 feet above the highest mountain. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the next section. On the very same day, this is verse 13. On the very same day, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark they and every beast after its kind and af and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind and every bird after its kind all sorts of birds verse 15 so they went into the ark to noah by twos of all flesh in which was the breath of life. Those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him. And the Lord closed it behind him. Yeah, so here, um, I believe, um, forgot exactly where it was, but it, it took uh, over a hundred years uh, to build this ark. So now we're, we're kind of at this point where it's talking about how uh, you know, God, so Noah made the ark with this door and now God had instructed them. It was time to get on. And then, um, he's the one who closed the door. Uh, right. The Lord closed it. Yep. Behind him. Yeah. So I don't know where it says a hundred years. Um, gosh. Oh, no, no. When, when he started building the ark, he was 500 in this. And when he was, now, when Noah was 600 years old, the flood came upon, right? So What verse is that? Well, so verse 6, when Noah was 600 years old, the flood of waters came upon the earth. Yeah. Forgot what it was, but the point is that uh, some of the stuff that I've been learning recently, it mentioned that. So obviously, that makes sense what, how, why it would take so long to build that giant boat with just eight people. Yeah. This is a big boat. We gotta. I actually want to know what this is real quick. If you don't mind, I'm just gonna look into this. Some confuse God's statement in Genesis six three as describing the time it took to build the ark. It says, "And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his day shall be one hundred and twenty years." However, these hundred twenty years are counting down to the flood. Okay, so these hundred twenty years. I thought that those 120 years was how long people live. The Lord said, my spirit shall not for a... Oh, that makes more sense now. His day shall be 120 years. Yeah. However, these 120 years, that is not how old humans can live. That is the number of years it... They had left. ...would be until the flood came. Yeah. All right, let's just... I mean, this is why... This is, this is why I'd like to double-check some of this stuff. Right. I mean, we're learning right now. We are learning. I I didn't know that it, that the 120 years meant that. Um, so, I I promise you, I really do think that like I've heard like 
mainstream people think that that was 120 years. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, a lot of mainstream people have some incorrect stuff. So let's go back to this real quick. I'm on answersingenesis.org. Okay. okay. However, these 120 years are countdown. So does that make sense? Yet his day shall be 120 years. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense now that we have that explanation. It makes I mean, more sense. They both make sense. They, they, they do. They both make sense. And, and that's why knowing the best interpretation for every chapter is going to be so difficult, you know? Right. Obviously, this is just kind of interesting research um, that you could look into in order to find out more about this. Um, you know, ask questions and find out more about some of this stuff. I find it fascinating, right? Um, yeah. Verse 17, Then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. The water prevailed more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. The water prevailed 15 cubits higher, and the mountains were covered. All the flesh moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. Of all that was on the dry land... All in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life died. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things, and to birds of the sky. And they were blotted out from the earth, and only Noah was left, together with those that were with him in the ark. The water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. So... We see here, um, you know, this was a, a worldwide flood. And I think this is going back to, um, you know, in earlier chapters, we talked about the young earth view. And this is relevant here, too, because those people who don't take a young earth view, uh, many of them don't take a universal flood view. Um, and so we see here this was, this is a flood of the whole earth because God promised later never to do that again. And so, if we don't look at it as a worldwide flood, you would have to say that God broke his promises with, you know, I guess, local floods. So mm. um, the the point is, though, that... And I think um, that promise to never flood the earth, and that comes in a future chapter. Yes, yeah, I believe it's chapter 9. Um, but yes, no good call. It, it, it is, we haven't addressed it yet. But, you know, one of the things here um, that I think that the naturalistic scientists get right is this, this idea of an ice age. Um, because I believe that this universal flood obviously would have dropped the temperature. And we see that a lot of animals were frozen during this time, right? I mean, they were, they were drowned and they died from drowning, but their remains were preserved through being frozen mm. um, because of the, the temperature drop. Frozen. Yep. Isn't there a, movie about this there might be ice age perhaps yeah yeah except the the ice age does take a uh a, a naturalistic perspective right mm. you know but it is i agree it it is uh you know it, it is a goofy movie that that talks about you know the different creatures that 
you know, when that kind of started happening. You were probably thinking about Frozen, the Disney princess movie, when I said that. I was. I haven't seen it yet, but that's exactly what I was thinking, though. Yeah. You would. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I would. You uh, and your Disney princesses. Yeah. yeah. You know it. We'll have to uh, do a full episode to talk about your Disney princesses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Good call. I don't want to waste uh, Genesis 7 time with that. So... Um, but yeah, and so so one of the things is we see here, you know, in the past when I had read, I thought that they were just on the ark for 40 days, but it actually rained for 40 days. That's right. They ended up, they ended up being on the ark for over a year. Um, I think that we're, that's going to be elaborated more in, in uh, you know, these coming chapters. Um, but it says the water prevailed upon the earth uh, 150 days. And so the point is that from the time they got in the ark and God closed the door and they opened the door again and got off the ark, it was over a year that they were, you know, I guess just at sea, if you want, if you will. So, right. The water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. That's a long time to be cooped up. So that's that's quite a bit. And then you see here, then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days. And it says that above above as well. Um, you see here, the water prevailed 15 cubits higher and the mountains were covered. All the mountains, all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. So that seems to lend to a global flood yes because i don't know how you ultimately go to a particular area uh which we don't know where this is at this point and say that those mountains were completely covered by this flood and yet the rest of the world is like just fine right so right. that, that is definitely a challenge. You know, and when talking about the flood, one of the interesting things that I learned is that a lot of, uh, yeah, many ancient cultures have their own flood story. Um, so like the, uh, the, mm. the, the, the Aborigines, the Babylonians, um, and then just other ancient kind of native cultures uh, many of them contain a story about a flood. Um, and then a lot of them contain a story about people being so wicked. And that was a reason for the flood and just things like that. And so it's really, um, there is evidence outside of the Bible uh, that that kind of runs parallel with this, this account in Genesis of this worldwide flood. Right. Yeah. I have definitely, you know, the Bible's not the only um, source book, I guess, uh, historical book that mentions a global flood. Mm -hmm. I am very curious because we talk about cubits, and a, a cubit is not a measurement that I use very often. Right. So when it said 15 cubits, based on what I learned, that would have been around 22 feet. 15 cubits translates to around 22 feet. 
Right. And that would make sense because I looked up online that one cubit is one and a half feet. So that makes perfect sense. 1.5 times 15 would be around 22, really 22 and a half. I'm doing this math in my head, so if I'm wrong, you can comment below. Comment below if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but the question is, how many meters is one and a half feet? That's the big question because, you know, our audience is global. Okay? You're right. So we need to uh, beat to meters. We're doing this Bible study with, with people around the globe. The yeah. So I'm seeing here that one cubit is about half of a meter. So I just, you know what? I think that I might find an opportunity to share the gospel more if I start measuring things in cubits instead of feet or meters. Can you imagine right. going up to somebody and someone asking you, right? Like, how tall are you? And if you said, well, I'm actually three cubits tall. Why do you say cubit? Well, let me tell you why. That's what the Bible is. <laughs> what... You ever heard of that book called the Bible? You need, you need Jesus, bro. If you don't know what cubit is, you're not saved. Just kidding. But I can tell you how to be saved. Right. <laughs> No, I really do think we, I seriously, I don't know, I'm halfway joking, but halfway serious, you know? I think it'd be kind of cool to start telling people how many cubits you are. I think it'd be kind of a funny joke, you know? Yeah, no, I think that would be funny. So, yeah. how many cubits are you, Justin? Just just wondering. I don't know, I guess around two, two and a half. <laughs> I was just kind of, just feeling it out. That That's my ignorant guess. I'm three cubits, if you were wondering. Let's let's start yes. to wrap this puppy up. So I'm looking at the screen here, and um, you know, God, yeah, yeah God. No, yeah. So I just wanted to to say, um, with with Noah, I just wanted to reference. It talks about him in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, and 11 verse 7 says, "By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household." by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So we see here from this chapter, uh, God is a righteous God. There's a punishment for sin. And um, we kind of see this symbolism of, you know, the ark saved Noah and them because of their faith. And so now we have, you know, Christ, who has paid who paid on the price for sin on the cross. And if we have faith in Christ and Jesus, then we'll be saved from our sins as well. Um, and we'll, we'll be saved from the coming judgment. Um, but that's, that's all according to faith, just like it was for Noah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's pretty incredible, right? You're living in a land in which the entire world is wicked and you're trying to live a righteous life despite everyone maybe mocking or ridiculing the way you live. And you're staying strong in your faith. You know, I think that's a really um, hard thing to do at times, right? You know, you might be in school or at work and everybody says that, you know, that you're lame because you don't go to parties or you don't have inappropriate relationships with 
girls or you don't have a girlfriend or you've never kissed a girl or you've, you know, never, um, you know, drinking alcohol or whatever it is, right? You know, it's like I think a lot of people can see that as something that's uncool. And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I think anybody who stands um, by God is the coolest, you know. Um, these other things that other people think are cool. The only people that think that's cool is immature guys, you know, and immature girls. Um, people who are, have been distorted um, and confused by the fallen world system. Right. And I guarantee you those, those people, sin results in consequences. You know, eventually that stuff catches up to you, and that's been my personal experience as well. And anybody who is standing strong in their faith, like, no, I think God's going to bless that. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make that um, really amazing for him at the end of the day. And there might be some pain and suffering that results from that, right? You might be get ridiculed, but at the end of the day, you'll be doing what God's calling you to do. And... What's more satisfying than that, where you do exactly as God has commanded? That's going to have the biggest impact on this planet. Doing all this other stuff, getting distracted with sin and, you know, adultery and murder, you know, getting distracted with all that's going to be, uh, going to keep you from, you know, some pretty amazing things that God has planned for your life. So, Amen. don't whatever you guys do don't kill your neighbor <laughs> <laughs> don't kill your neighbor i would agree <laughs> i'm pretty sure the bible says something a little bit different than that if i, I would if i would recall yeah. yeah don't murder your neighbor yep don't kill your neighbor love your neighbor love your neighbor yeah so um just a quick summary this chapter we start off looking at God telling Noah to enter the ark with these clean and unclean animals. And then God sends the rains upon the earth. He opens the fountains of the great deep, and then the floodgates of the sky were opened. And then ultimately um, it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. And the water prevails upon the earth for 150 days. And that water reaches a point that's 20, I'm sorry, 15 cubits above the mountains. And so that's kind of where we're leaving off chapter 7. And yeah, any final thoughts? Yeah, man, I think uh, I find encouragement when I read this story. And, you know, just because so... It, it, it appears that it hadn't rained yet. It had never rained in human history up to this point because God, it appears, seemed to water the ground by like a mist coming up from the earth, mm. as it talked about in earlier chapters. And so this is encouraging because I think a lot of times in our lives, um, faith is not easy, right? I mean, it's have trusting God in the different circumstances can be difficult, and, and, and that's why it's it's faith, and that's why... We admire Noah for the steps that he took. And so we have the chances, we have the opportunities to, you know, trust God too through, even though we can't tell how something's going to end up, we can't, you know, can't imagine how God is going to get us through the situation, but 
just just trusting him through it um, can lead to cool things like you were mentioning. And I would I would say this. I don't know how old whoever's listening to this Genesis chapter seven overview. But let's just say you're 18 years old or 25 years old or 30 years old or you're 15 years old or 14 years old, look back at your life and is this the life that you want? Are you ultimately satisfied with how your life is going right now? And if you're not satisfied, maybe take a new direction. Um, maybe you've been driving the, the vehicle this entire time. You're in the driver's seat, you're driving the vehicle and you've been driving this whole time and it's kind of taking you down a path that you're not super excited about and you feel empty or unsatisfied and maybe you spent all those years going down that path. Why not get out of the driver's seat for a second, take both hands off of the steering wheel, get into the passenger seat, get in the back seat of the vehicle and let God drive for a little bit and just see where, how that goes, see where God takes you. And I have found whenever I've done that, it's led me to some really incredible amazing things to the point where i never wanted to grab the steering wheel again so uh definitely um and i think i think that obviously requires faith right you know having uh not being in control of the vehicle not being in control of your own life but letting god control your life but that's exactly what noah does here you know god's telling him to be this build this huge boat when it's never rained on the earth let me go ahead and tell you in advance it's not like he was building this boat in the water he would have had to build a boat in the land, right? And who knows if it was by a river or an ocean, you know, it could have been in the middle of nowhere. So imagine like the people, imagine, you know, what that might've looked like, right? Someone building this humongous boat over, you know, 45, 50 years, spending that big portion of your life building a humongous boat. I mean, that's, that's faith right there. That's some really incredible faith and that's someone who's taking their hands off the steering wheel and let God take control of their life so show I definitely am excited about chapter 8 can't wait to see what that has in store uh, I would I would love to really just dig into it right now to be perfectly honest uh, why can't this two episode... episodes in one yeah what? yeah yeah I mean who wants to stop here right the entire planet is covered in water does it just stay that way forever cliffhanger no. cliffhanger city yeah. right yeah yeah i mean did the waters ever recede who knows man we'll have to <laughs> we're gonna have to wait 24 hours to find out though that's a bummer oh man all right well Thank you for joining, and I'll catch you later. Late.